As Hubert Davis and North Carolina look to fill the void left behind by Gigi Jackson's decommitment in the class of 2023, they've only offered two players, both of whom are also power forwards. One of them is TJ Power. We've already talked about him. So today we're unpacking Mr. Zayden High. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, September 1st, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now, doesn't cost you a thing, and that'll help make sure that you get your team every day. For those of you watching, it would mean a lot if you would also smash the like button and leave some comments on Zayden High as we're chatting. Let's get right into it. A quick note about today's interview with Jason Jordan. We had this conversation before the news broke that Zayden High would be taking an official visit to North Carolina on September 30th. This is great news for the Tar Heels and something we'll definitely talk about more as the date comes closer, but I just wanted to make you aware before you listen. It's great to be joined today on Locked on Tar Heels by Sports Illustrated's Director of Basketball Recruiting, Jason Jordan, a great staple of every week here on the show because we're always needing to look at who's next in the pipeline for the Tar Heels, and Jason always brings great content. So grateful to have him on the show. Part of the reason we're able to is because of LinkedIn. We'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Jason, it's great to hang out again, talk some of these class of 2023 recruits. Uh, I feel like it's been a recurring theme, but basically we just have to keep talking about how does Carolina fill the void left by the decommitment of Gigi Jackson? And yeah. uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about TJ Power and how he yeah. might do so. Um, today, we then turn our attention to a similar player in Mr. Zayden High. And it's interesting. A lot of the Carolina fan base has been on me like, hey, you guys talked about TJ. I want to hear about Zayden. And so uh, let's get into talking about him. Yeah. I, I really like him. Uh, he played with JL3 um, in the EYBL this summer. And he, you know, obviously he was one of those guys that had the blow up summer. And um, what he really th- he's like 6'10". Um, he's not small. I think he's probably around 220 ish. Yeah, that's what like I've that. seen. Yeah. Yeah. He's not small, um, but, you know, he's he's more he's more perimeter based. Like he, he he more so floats. And he's better in like a pick and pop. So he's knocking that three point shot down 100%. Like, I mean, he honestly gives you Brady Manic vibes, right? Interesting. Um, a little bit, right. Um, yeah. And he's feisty down there in the paint. He can get down there and mix it up, but that's he's more, he's better in, in like a pick and pop setting or, you know, um, a flash. And, you know, you can run, run the offense through him in the high post. He makes good decisions on um, passing out of double teams and different things like that. Um, but just crafty around the rim. He'll di- he's he's active on the offensive glass. Who does that sound like? Maybe a Carolina big. <laughs> um, and I I've I've been told I I heard this in the summer that he was a big time Carolina fan even before you guys had interested him. So maybe you guys caught wind of that. And um, 
you know, you may or may not be using that to your advantage. So, hey, but that list is long. Like, I, I know a lot of kids that are say they're Carolina fans um, yeah. and have, you know, said so in, in articles. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's lots of people that would have come to Carolina if they didn't go straight to the NBA or that, you know, you've yeah. heard all of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's really interesting to hear. Just you describe his game and some I mean, you think about in the ACC, you're going to play Syracuse once or twice and that ability to pass out of the high post or um you know big to big passing that that's a good yeah. sign um carolina traditionally has you were just alluding to armando baycott you traditionally like last year had that brady manic type with a more traditional big in armando baycott and uh man the complement of of those two types of players would be great the Tar Heels don't necessarily have that outside of armando baycott right now mm -hmm. so they need to find uh someone like yeah. that to add to the roster but that is a really encouraging thing to hear. Now, we, you just talked about Carolina offering, and it's interesting. I'm on uh, 247's profile of him and all his interests and offers. Arkansas is the highest listed, but on his offer list, it doesn't even show North Carolina here. So are you hearing anything about, obviously you said he's been a Carolina fan. Is there some interest then on his part? Well, yeah, I mean, Sure, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you, you, you're definitely interested, <laughs> definitely interested in the school <laughs> if you've been a fan of them. So, um, yeah, I definitely think um, there's potentially some interest growing uh, on both sides. But, you know, I, I definitely think that um, if the interest continues to grow, I know he would be interested. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yep, um, yep exactly. So, you know, I don't think he has the offer yet. Um, on Carolina's and, – and maybe that – that's part of it. I need to go back and look more into that. Cause on um, Carolina, there's a really good site. I follow for Carolina's like scholarship yeah. count and it's got all their offers and it lists both he and TJ power as, as okay. having offers. But since the 247 site doesn't show it, uh, well, it, it they, might not they be. Update, no, they update things late. So we'll go with that. <laughs> like, I, I know that I know the interest has definitely grown there. Um, so if, I mean, if it if they don't have it, it's definitely coming. They probably he probably has been offered as you know as he should be because he would fit in the sure. offense very well there. Um, yeah, oh, it's okay. so funny. I did a story on this. I actually talked to Jack Emanuel about this very thing, where I'm um, not not specific recruits in CAA, <laughs> but um, where you're recruiting a kid that is you know a guy who 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 says you're the dream school, right? And how do you handle that? And yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's a notch under your belt, right? Obviously, that's something that yeah. will benefit you. For but, sure. But um, he said that their process with that is to just turn it up even more. Like, you don't rest on your laurels because the kid leads Carolina Blue. And I'm not saying he does it. I know he, he said he rooted for them. I remember hearing that a lot in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's obviously – uh, an advantage, right? So you want to, but they say they turn the heat up even more because they want to that kind of situation. Coaches want to close and close quick. Yep. So, um, thank you know, God. I yeah, absolutely. For them to move fast there yep. for sure. Okay. And just to confirm July 12th, he, he received an offer. Uh, it's on his Twitter. Yes. It's up and it's been written about. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He has an official offer okay. from okay. the Tar Heels. So, yeah. um, let's then turn to looking at, because right now, Carolina um, just has offered he and TJ power, these two power forwards that we've now talked about. And so I'd like to just do a little compare and contrast with these two young men. Um, obviously, as you talked about Zayden high, it seems like is about 
you know, 10, 15 pounds heavier, maybe has right. an inch or so on TJ. But outside of that, how do their games compare to each other? Yeah, I think uh, TJ's probably going to check off a couple more boxes as far as um, creating off the dribble, like from the okay. perimeter. Like um, TJ's going to be able to create his own shot against most guards, whereas um, Zayden is probably going to, you know, he's probably going to face more bigs. And, you know, you'll be able to play like a four out with him, whereas yep. TJ's attacking, you know, guards and wings. And, um he he's better at creating it for sure. He's better at creating his own shot. He has a better ball handle. Um, both of them can stroke it now. Both of them yeah, can stroke it. That's I would say it's comparable. Maybe TJ has a slight edge there too. Okay. Um, but um, both dynamic players both play with an amazing motor. I don't like I I can't say they're like they could play together. They're not. That's, the same that's my player. next question. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're not the same player. No, no, they're not the same player. Um, TJ TJ just has more in the bag. You know, he's yep. more versatile. He's more um, like he the biggest thing is he's created his own shot and TJ can run the point. You know, TJ, he's at his best when he has the ball in his hands. You got to remember over the summer, he averaged six and a half assists a game. That is insane. That's insane. Yes. Um, so people, because he's such a great scorer, people forget that he's an amazing yep. playmaker. And so that's where um, that's where I think he's he's at his best. When he's playing, not just for himself. I mean, yeah, he's great when he's scoring, but a lot of guys are. But what sets separates him from Zayden and anybody else um, in that lane is, you know, his ability to create and make good decisions with the ball. Interesting. So it's yeah. almost like if I if I can uh, explain this properly, it's like they're both fours, but Zayden trends more towards five out of the other way, and TJ would trend more back towards a three. Yeah, I would say TJ's more of a three, and I think he'll play more okay. uh, like on the wing in college. Okay, um, like he's not going to be so down there people up. No, I gotcha. So that. he's got the height of a four, but is more right. of a a pure three. Or yeah, not pure three, yeah. but lives there a little bit more. Man, yeah, I mean, he told cool. me. I mean, don't I'm not <laughs> don't be mad, <laughs> but he did tell me that he kind of patterns his game after Jason Tatum. Not we're forget <laughs> where he goes to school. Hey, you know, we're that's talking okay. about the Boston Celtics, Jason. Yep, Tatum. yeah, that's that's okay. Play. <laughs> hey, hey, Caleb Love came to Carolina. It's all good. There you uh, go. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so, so here's a. I was gonna ask about their games complementing one another, and that yeah. that's a big win. So, as we look at next year's roster, and we'll get to that more in depth in a minute. Oh, Carolina definitely has space for both of them, and so would you yeah. uh, like? Like Hubert Davis wants them both. This isn't. This isn't one of the. Hey, we got spots yeah. for one of you. Uh, Hubert Davis would gladly take both these young men if oh, they wanted. Man. Oh, you could imagine them in the pick and pop. Jeez, that'd be Ooh. tough. That'd be tough. That, yeah, Especially absolutely. with TJ's height doing that, man. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. I mean, definitely. I mean, for sure, hundred percent. And they would they would mesh very well with Simeon. I mean, that would that would be a, an amazing class. That would be an amazing class for sure. Okay. They all complement each other really well, and they all. More so than anything, they all have a great mentality. None of these guys are prima donnas, uh, least of all Simeon, you know. Um, and I, again, the, the other ones either, but Simeon is just a different type of breed. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's just, he's, he, man, y'all, like, Huber knocked it out the park with that one. He's a star. Yeah. He's Even a though star. the most recent uh, recruiting rankings moved TJ Power ahead of him, because <laughs> that's because, yeah, yeah, that, well, I'll tell you, the SI 99 comes yeah, out. Yeah, bring it, bring it from yours. <laughs> and, yep. In late, in early December, late November, and um, 
All will be corrected in the SIN. <laughs> you know everything. So, they know nothing, right? No. no everybody wait on it. Jason's going to have some uh, new and improved rankings for all of us <laughs> to look at. Love the SI99. Love that. So here's yeah. my last question on this one, and then we'll go yeah. ahead. Let me just put it to you. If you can – now, I know, again, they're not the same player. They're different. But if you could only right. have one of sure. TJ Power or Zayden High, who do you want on your, your roster? I'm going to take TJ Power. Just because he's a, TJ's a bad man, he's a bad man. <laughs> That's good. TJ's a bad man. I've I've seen him. I've seen him do some crazy stuff. And like he said when we talked a couple of weeks ago when we did the story, he said, and this stuck with me. He said, "Man, I'm gonna tell you something." He said, "You know, I've heard, read about this. I've, I've heard about this, but the the mental shift uh, when you get to another level where you understand the game different." He said he had that. He had that moment in July. And then he said, I've never come back down from that mental shift. And that thing stuck with me. So yeah. if I'm a coach, if I hear that, I'm like, man, I'm not recruiting <laughs> nobody else. That, you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> you're the yeah. one. Yeah. Love it. All right. Coach Jason Jordan, give him some TJ power. We love that. Uh, we're going to talk about how Zayden High might fit in with the 2023-24 Tar Heels in just a second, right after I tell you about Bet Online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's also reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info. From live in-game betting to scores and podcasts, they've got you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's keep talking about Zayden High, Jason, and how he might, if he comes to Carolina, if big ifs here, there's nothing set in stone ever. Lots of people coming after a talented young man like this, but how he might fit in with the 23 Tar Heels. As you look at Carolina's class, as we've already talked about, Simeon Wilcher is currently the only commit in the class of 23 beyond that Zayden high and TJ power are the only offers on the table right now. Now coach Davis has a slew of 24 offers out there. I believe there are eight by my count in the class of 2024. Um, and so uh, Carolina let, let's, let's just think about this. You are probably, you get 13 scholarships a year for those who are unaware. You definitely lose Pete Nance. You definitely lose leaky black. They're out of eligibility. And then let's just say beyond that, Baycott and Caleb Love both leave. That means you're down four to nine scholarships plus Simeon Welcher. So you're at 10. You've got at least three spots here, probably. And as we've already said, you would definitely take both of these guys. Yeah. But um, looking at the front court um, where Zayden High would be, I mean, if, if Baycott's gone, Nance is gone, you've yeah. really got Jalen Washington. You got Will Shaver, who's a freshman now. He's not yeah. going to be an impact player. Uh, right. How do you see Zayden High slotting right into this team if he commits to Carolina? Yeah, well, he's a guy that, you know, you could play four out with. And so, you know, they could I'm, – I'm, 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 I'm sure they're going to go get a transfer. And it'll probably yes. be a big, you know, yes. um, yeah. a big guy who, you know, is more confined to that space, almost like, a, almost like Armando Baycoat or something like that. Um, guy who's not pulling threes out there. You're not playing four out with Armando launching threes from the perimeter. But I think Zayden could. Like, Zayden could step out there. Like, on, at that high post, off pick and pop, coming down, 
setting the high screen and fading and the pick and fade, and and he's going to thrive in that role for sure. And um, I think he could definitely step in and um, give you some positive production right away. Um, he has that type of skill set because I don't know if I said it earlier, but he's knocking that three point shot down. Yes. <laughs> he's knocking yeah. that thing down. And um, that's where he's at his best. Like, that's where he's going to earn his money. And um, he's aware of that. But, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't ever go in the paint. He does go in sure. the paint. He's, he's productive down there. And he's a really good rebounder. And see, that's the other thing. Um, mm -hmm. So he'll help in that regard, too. I mean, you know, Carolina Biggs is almost like a prerequisite. You have to get 20 rebounds every practice, I think. Um, so, you know, I think he'll definitely be able to step in right there and, you know, give that production on the defense. And he's actually really good on the offensive glass um, as well. He's very active. He has a great motor. Um, so he's always moving around, always being very active. I'm a little over hyper, which is a great thing. Uh, you know, he's your <laughs> guy. But yeah. um, I definitely think he could fill that role. Man, you love that. And I, I was just looking at, we you were comparing him a little bit to what Brady Manick did last year. And then yeah. thinking about the rebounding side, Manick averaged 6.1 rebounds a game last yeah. year, one one and a half on the offensive glass. From yeah. what you're saying about Zayden High's rebounding ability, it sounds like yeah. at the least he could match that, right? Yeah. Well, I, I'll say that's his, you know, out of, from day one, I don't know. But that that's yes, definitely sure. the projective ceiling, right? So, like, sure. I could definitely see him fitting a, a Brady role uh, eventually, right? Like, I don't think he's going to come in there and be Brady from day one. No, you know, you got to no, get no, him no. a curve. Brady wasn't Brady from day one. Brady wasn't in the, exactly. <laughs> Brady wasn't Brady from day one. And so um, I definitely think that, you know, that's, that's where he projects. I think he could be that guy for sure. And I mean, you want that guy, right? I mean, Brady, yeah. he did pretty well. I think he got him. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was okay. He was pretty right. good. Yeah. <laughs> Brady's a bad uh, guy. Yeah. I would Brady's say he was a guy. I, I got to say this. That I've, every time I'm talking about Brady, man, I got to say toughest guy I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen somebody take that elbow that he took in the championship. Oh, my. From Big Dave? I know yeah. Big Dave. Dave Dude, McCormick is, is a monster. Yes. Yo, Big D-Mac is – he weighs a lot more than what that weighs <laughs> – than what it says on the web. I'm going to just say it like that. Yes, yes. He didn't do it on purpose, but he did. All no, the sure. weight, dead weight. K. Oh man, I saw. I said, "Yo, I told, I told uh, one of the another one of the writers, they got to get him out of there. He's punch drunk. Like he's literally he standing. He's done. Like he's done. And he was for like three minutes, and then he kind of started coming back. And then he started yeah. bawling. I said, "Oh my goodness, yeah. He, he was always gonna be Brady's. Always gonna have my respect for that bad uh, man right there. That's a bad man." In fact, I was going to say, I, I've said all summer, I think Carolina was a Brady Manic concussion away from a national championship. Like, it's just like, there's no doubt how, about it. Because he was stroking that game like he had been the entire tournament. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't have that, they didn't no have tell no him what happened. No answer for that. They didn't have nothing yep. for that. Nope. At all. I completely agree. Oh, yep. Oh man. Okay. I'm, we got to get past that. Cause that's, that's last year. <laughs> so as, as you, as you alluded to Jason, yes, absolutely. We're, we're looking at at least probably three open scholarships heading into next year, if not more, depending on transfers out and other things that happen, but you got to believe Hubert Davis is going to be very active in the transfer portal. He's shown that these first couple years of the transfer rule getting three last year in Dawson Garcia and Brady Manick and Justin McCoy from Virginia, and then bringing in Pete Nance this year. And so absolutely. If Baycott does indeed not use that fifth year of eligibility, which 
who knows in this day and age what could happen yeah yeah right like man drew timmy's back who knows um but assuming he's gone Hubert Davis is going to go get a transfer and it's going to be a high level big that lives in the post. And then you look at people like, like matching that with Jalen Washington, matching that with someone like Zayden high and the loaded wing and that backcourt, even if Caleb loves gone, you're still going to have Seth Trimble, Simeon Wilcher, and probably RJ Davis back, depending on how this year goes. So uh, hopefully a little bit of reload. We will have to wait and see what happens there. Anything else you would say about Zayden high and how he might fit into things? Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's probably understated that he's also a really good playmaker, definitely up, up in the high post. He, he makes really good decisions, and I, I don't okay. understate stuff like that. Like, I, like you get – he makes really good decisions on the on the elbows for sure um, and in the high post area. Um, and that's something that I think uh, has helped his game flourish, especially in the summer. Um, and But it's helped him be really effective too and to keep the defense off balance. So um, that JL3 team really – thrive because of his ability to create and his ability to make good decisions in that area. Love that. Yeah. Jason, is there uh, one, one last thing, is there anything you've heard about a, a potential timeline for his decision? I mean, I know it's probably really early in the process for him more yeah. visits taking stuff like that. Yeah. I think I, what I've been told is that he's definitely going to take some visits. Um, uh, but I, I, don't, I don't, he's a guy who could potentially pop, you know, by the early signing period, which is in November. Um, I would, I would think that is not off the table for him is what, you know, I've heard on the back channels. Okay. Hey, yeah. love the back channels, back channels come I to the front and we get, to- <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So man, so good to talk about Zayden high and speaking of recruiting so much has changed in the recruiting world over the last couple of years. I'm going to mm-hmm. ask Jason to share with us a little bit about what he sees that's going well in the recruiting world and what are some of the worst things he's seen. And we'll talk about that in just a second. So the recruiting landscape is just always ebbing and flowing, trying to figure out stuff. Who do we talk to? Who are the people? But at the NCAA level, there are some things that have really affected recruiting. Let me just tick off a couple, and then we'll let Jason begin to unpack it. We are about a year now into the one-time transfer portal rule coming into effect where players can transfer without sitting out a year. This is the second uh, class incoming of that. We're about a year now into NIL. That took... uh, took shape, started last summer in the summer of 21. So that's going and affecting things. We are moving a little bit away from COVID, although the NCAA is still handing out waivers like candy right now. And as people are probably aware, winter sport athletes were granted an extra year of COVID eligibility. And we've still got several years to cycle through that because it began with any player competing in the 2020-21 basketball season. So that would be this year's juniors. So we've got up about three more seasons that players could use that fifth year of eligibility. One interesting factor is that starting this season, those players now count against your scholarship quota as they didn't previously so leaky black pete nance they count against carolina's 13 all of that jason affects what you do and how you talk to recruits and their families and what you're hearing from coaches and handlers and all that all that said what are some of the best things you are experiencing out of that in recruiting and then what are some of the frustrating and difficult things i would say the the best thing is i gotta say nil because i've always felt like uh players should profit from their name and likeness Um, I think that's great. That would definitely be the best thing, you know, uh, because these players put in such hard work and, you know, they, they, it, this is something that should, that should have been a no brainer from for a while ago. 
And uh, had we done it a while ago, we probably would have figured out a better way to yes. do it than the way we're doing it now. Because that brings the NCAA kicking and screaming their way into it. Yeah. Oh man! So now it's just. We go from, you know, you even look at a pile of money, then you are out of here, pal, and you're blackout. You get out of here, right? Now we're like, just get those checks. We have no, it's a free market, right? And so now that is, that has made it bad, right? Um, so now we have different collectives and, you know, uh, it's it's really high is better, especially in the transfer portal Um you know, you see that a lot there, but, you know, um, nobody really follows any, because there are no, I talked to Mike Boynton about, about this mm. at Oklahoma State. Yeah. And um, he made a great point when he said, it, a rule is only a rule if it's enforced. If oh, it's wow. not, then it's just a suggestion. And if, if it's not going to be enforced, why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Right. And they are, and, and everybody's taking advantage of it. And Especially interesting to hear that from him going what Oklahoma State's yeah. been through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I think there's going to have to be some regulation there. I've heard that there is some coming, but I don't know that that's going to come soon. Like that's, okay. you know, that's something that eventually, I mean, we're going to have to because it's get, it's getting worse. Um, I definitely hear horror stories all the time. Coaches been all the time about this stuff and, Mm-hmm. Um, there's a certain entitlement that comes with, so all these things are bad. That that's the bad part, and um, uh, you know, it's definitely something that I think we need to change. I like the, I like the rule about not having. So I like it and I don't like it because it the transfer portal rule about you know being eligible immediately. I get it and I understand it. Um, the problem is, it's encouraging everybody to <laughs> transfer. So if there is no, um, there's no negative to it. And the negative was like, I mean, do I really want to lose a year? Like, you know, maybe I should. So now, I mean, you know, I think we had over what, 14, 1500 last year, which was up like a couple hundred from the prior year. We're going to have probably 1800, 2000 this year. Just know it. Just know that. And I'm going to go back and check that number around (laughs) May. Yeah. See if I'm right. But I, I promise you it's, Ugh, I mean, with nothing, nothing holding them back. I mean, they're out, no, you know, and then no. now, like I said, I don't know if I said it on this one, but another podcast now, you know, that has changed the, even the, the recruiting strategy for low to mid majors. And now they're saying, yes. Hey, just come here, produce and then portal. So give us a year where we win the league and then get out of here, man. And they really say that in the dens of these three star, two star recruits, you know, and and they're you know, they're unabashed about it. They're, yeah, they're like either you're gonna change with the times or you're gonna be unemployed. So they got it. Yeah. That's the sell, and it's working. And they're getting kids that you know maybe could help them win the league. And we'll see. I mean, this yeah. year is gonna be very telling. But those are just a yeah, couple things I would say yeah. that are negatives. Yeah, it almost turns the the mid majors and low majors into like what a JUCO or a, like yeah. a two year school is trying to do. Of like, yeah. come here, get your grades right, and then get back. To the yeah. D1 level, like, yeah. if you do it in a year, great. If it takes two, okay, cool. We know that your goal is to get because you know, I'm a three star recruit. I really wish that Carolina would have recruited me. Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, you could come here and help us win, uh, win our league. And you know, we'll put calls in to Huber. Yeah, I know, you. Huber, yeah, yeah exactly. I'll call him right here. 
you come here and average 16, I promise you, Hubert's going to come get you. You know, like this is what they're yeah. saying. And, the, you know, it's, I mean, come on, if I'm a two star and I wanted Hubert Davis to call me and I'm like the best way to, it's not going to happen now. So the best way for me to do that, to live out my dream and Baylor Shearman talked about this. I mean, yes. like yep. prospect it's a great example uh, in the portal. And he said, you know, Oh my God, like, um, Bill Self, I grew up a Kansas fan. Bill Self called me after he won the national title. Oh my goodness. Like, yo, I'm living my, he said for the first day or two, he was just like, ooh, like a giddy school kid. You know what I'm saying? And so um, everybody, now they're looking at like, oh, I could be Baylor Shearman. I could, I could do yeah. that, you know? So, yeah, it, it, you know, we haven't seen the, the worst of it, unfortunately. Uh, I think yeah. that's ahead. Yeah, I definitely do. Okay, so uh, and and so much of that is the NCAA just dragging their feet, really like holding stranglehold on amateurism, only only giving up eventually when state laws were coming into effect and they were like drug into this. Yeah. But if they had been able to get out ahead of it or whatever, get some CBA collective bargaining agreement stuff going on, then we could have potentially gone into this in better footing. And now yeah, you have sure. to retroactively do that. Do you think that's salvageable? Are we going to see something like a CBA or some other unionizing or whatever to help make some sense of all this? Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to because it's that bad. And it's, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> when you, I don't, I mean, don't want to say the school, but I think, you know, what I'm talking about. I mean, the, when you see a kid, you know, go to a school, I, I'll leave names out, goes to a school <laughs> and, <laughs> The star of that team says, oh, you gave him what? In, uh, I'm just sitting here doing this while you're talking. <laughs> oh, I'm out. And you know, I need you to give me that. Well, you, we can't give you that. You yeah. already got this. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm transferring. And yeah. I'm going to put it on Twitter. And it's going to be real because I put it on Twitter. And so, and then you see uh, next week, the next week, he's going to stick with the school. Yeah. I think they may have figured out the number. Um, to, to make that star happen. I mean, it's just, you know, so now, you know, uh, Mike said, no, we're like GMs. You know, we're like GMs yeah. now. It's like, you know, and, and, and that doesn't lend itself to a, you know, conducive environment for a, for most of the coaches in college basketball who are like, no nonsense. I'm not saying like you're Bobby Knight, right? Like that, that day is over. Like sure, you don't, sure. Yeah, but you can't. You gotta respect. You there has to be. You gotta draw a line. It, you can't, and you have to have your line as a coach. What you're not gonna put up with, and what you're not gonna do. Um, and you know, I mean, a guy like Hubert Davis, who's you know, <laughs> I mean, he's a an older guy who's who's been at the highest level, had success at the highest level. I mean, Hubert ain't trying to hear no prima donna talk. I know that. You no. know, so. You know, and then what does that mean? Does that mean I'm not going to get the best players because I hold my standard? Well, I think that's great that a guy like Hubert Davis, will, I know that Hubert Davis is going to hold the standard. Yeah, so, absolutely. And I think that's amazing. But I don't like, but if you, if he's going to be penalized for that, I think that's super whack. And I think because of that, it's going to take some, you know, some, some bad stories. You know, it's going to take some, some bad situations, but I think they'll get there and they're going to, they're going to have to put some things in place to um, to uh, aid in that regard for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Okay, folks, we're still in the midst of this, in the thick of all of it. We're going to have to just keep tabs on how NIL continues to evolve and other things and how that affects recruiting and what programs look like and, and how you build a roster, all of that. We'll keep talking with Jason about it, and that'll be great. Brother, thank you for everything, as always. Always, man. Take care. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Big thanks to Jason Jordan for joining us as always. Coming up tomorrow, we got to unpack this road trip to Boone, North Carolina to take on the Appalachian State football team. It's been great. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do that at Locked on Heels or me at Isaac Shade. And you can follow Jason at Jason Jordan SI. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the 2022 NFL season. The local team experts of Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or anywhere else you get podcasts. It's been great to be together today. Thanks so much for joining me. I gotta remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace. <laughs>